listening to Inside Healthy Teens by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Welcome to Inside Healthy Teams from Apricot Consulting, revealing conversations with execs designed to provide leaders practical insights to build healthy organisations. Our services include leadership training, executive coaching, digital transformation, culture change, change management and social impact. On this podcast, we look at the topic of digital transformation as more companies become digital as a result of the COVID pandemic. We're joined today by partner manager Robert Watson from Elmo. Founded in 2002, Elmo, an ASX-listed company, is Australia and New Zealand's only integrated HR, payroll, rostering, time and attendance solution. Thanks for joining us, Robert. Uh, thank you for having me, James. It's uh, really great to be here. Thank you. Great to have you on today's podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your organisation, Elmo. Right. Okay. A little bit, bit about myself. Um, I uh, have spent the last, well, pushing 30 years now in the IT sector, um, mostly working for vendors such as Elmo. Uh, I've worked for IBM, I've worked for CA Technologies and a few others. And uh, yeah, joined Elmo about 18 months ago now, James. Um, Elmo, as you said, is a ASX listed company. We're actually in the ASX 300. Um, we uh, we started very much in the learning space back in 2002. Uh, the uh, the small team was um, selling uh, learning content on CD-ROMs, as we all those of us that are old enough to remember that kind of technology. Uh, and then <clears throat> over time, became a cloud solution that uh, delivers a full HR stack, as you just described before. We refer to it as from hire to retire. And uh, yeah, we're um, we are actually listed as one of the fastest uh, IT firms in the Asia Pacific region. So it's a, it's a great, exciting place to be. Fantastic! You mentioned CD-ROMs. It feels like a bit of a bygone era. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> so, looking at some of the products that are most popular right now, what are you sort of seeing in the market? Well, I I, I, I want to answer that in two ways, James. So throughout the pandemic. We, um, we saw a significant uptick in interest across the board around our learning platform. So within, within our offerings, we have a, a learning offering um, and we also have content. And the reason we saw that uh, is those companies that had uh, moved their staff, um, obviously mostly white collar, across to uh, remote working, still wanted to, to provide the requisite education that they needed and that could be something that was a, a compliance issue that they needed to deliver or it may be uh, some some additional learning and obviously you couldn't book the boardroom out you couldn't fly the speaker in from uh, another another state and, and put them up uh, that was all gone so what we saw is a significant uptake uptake in our learning offering um, and uh, yeah, that allowed people to provide that education in a remote, a remote context. Now, some of it was using the, the content that we have. Some of it was, was using third-party content. And other, in other cases, it was they would record their own, um, create their own, and, and deliver it um, uh, through, through our tool. So that was what we saw through there. 
Um, in the smaller end of town, uh, and when I say that, let's let's get some definitions going. I'm talking about between sort of the 250 employee mark. Um, we saw a, an uptick in interest across the board because those companies didn't have any technology to run their HR. And uh, they really ran into some serious problems when they had to go to remote, remote um, working from home because they didn't have a central repository of HR data. And as we all know, HR data is incredibly privacy sensitive. It's got, you know, details on individual on your individual employees. Um, you might have uh, detail of uh, a of a personal improvement plan against somebody. You may have some uh, concerns that you had to register uh, against an, an employee that uh, might be uh, suffering from uh, some some drug addiction. You know all of that sort of stuff. And uh, when you when you have to move to remote working and you don't have that central repository, that can cause massive, massive issues for those sorts of organisations. So for the smaller organisations, we saw quite an uptick in interest across our entire portfolio as they moved off paper paper and spreadsheets onto, um, onto the Elmo solution. Um, but post-COVID, and touch wood, we, we are very lucky here in Australia New Zealand region that we are primarily post-COVID now. Uh, as companies are now back hiring again, we're seeing a significant interest in our recruitment and onboarding solutions to help those organisations uh, get back up to speed in, in a very um, clean and clear way um, without the human error and um, you know the, the issues around filling in paperwork, etc. So they're taking the opportunity uh, to, uh, to, to automate and digitise that aspect of their HR. Great. You touched on automation a little bit, and obviously mm. automation's been an agenda now for many decades. But uh, with COVID-19, has there been a need for improved automation even further? Yeah. Uh, look, we, 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 we touched on it just before when I sort of described the, the situation with the, the, the privacy and things. But let, let's let's talk about a few other examples that sort of get to that. Um a good example would be, um, you know, if you if you don't have that central data repository, um, a, a lot of companies still using spreadsheets um, throughout the COVID period when it was hot, were um, emailing spreadsheets around. Now, as soon as you start emailing spreadsheets around, people start saving them to their hard drives. People start changing that sort of level of data. They start, um, you know, working off their own version of the truth, and, and that can cause all sorts of problems from a uh, from a governance and compliance perspective. Let alone the human error issues and, and the productivity issues that you face. Um, you know, if if you end up sending uh, a, an employee, let's call them Bill. Um, on the wrong learning course, Bill's going to get a bit annoyed and he's going to write back and say, well, you know, this isn't me. Why are you doing this? You know, I'm not in that division. That's the other Bill. You know, you've sent it to the wrong person. Um, another example would be, let's say, you know, there's two Sallies and one of them is earns a heck of a lot more than the other and you end up pushing the, the, the wrong payslip over to the wrong Sally. So one of them's saying, well, wow, where did that pay rise come from? The other one's freaking out because it's significantly less than she was expecting. You know, um, there's, there's a range of issues that the automation of these manual processes can be, you know, can, can uh, deliver significant productivity gains, 
remove or let's let's not yeah it's probably a big strong word minimize human error um, and, and drive greater uh, flexibility but on top of that you're going to get significantly superior governance and compliance you know, that you need to to report to so uh, you know those things all of those smaller clients that came on board throughout the uh, pandemic time um, significantly benefit benefiting from now um, on top of that, of course, you've got uh, you know you've got the ability to to protect people's privacy and, and data sovereignty by by allowing different roles access only to different things. So you might you can have different roles to say, okay, an employee can of course alter their own bank account because if they change bank, you you don't want them to have to fill in a bit of paper and it's got it's got to go to some admin person who then has to fit, you know fill in some other form etc. Let them go straight in, change their bank account. They want to change their super, they can go change their super. But they can't go in and change their performance review data. Only their manager can. Um, and other people should not be able to see um, their peers' performance reviews. That, that's self-evident. But in a paper-based system, those sorts of things can happen. So those, those are sort of an examples where I think that um, the you know automation, you know governance and compliance, um, privacy, productivity gains. It, it all it all comes down to getting getting that whole area um, automated as much as possible. I think that sounds really promising because some companies are still using scanners and so forth to physically print out a paperwork, sign a document about a back bank data. Uh, update and then the process and the steps included in that are just almost prehistoric in nature, Robert. Uh, look, you know, if 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 somebody comes along um, and they need to change their bank details and they log in and they put the wrong the wrong bank details in, um, you know, with a system like ours, that change is logged. We know who did it, when they did it, where they did it from, uh, and it's on them. Um, and so really the company bears no responsibility because the individual concerned filled in their own bank details. Um, and if they didn't double check them, um, there's only one person to blame. And with a solution like Elmo's, you can prove it. So I agree entirely. Mm. Any other, uh, you know, you've mentioned, you touched on automation and the, the benefits of that around governance, compliance, et cetera, not to mention productivity. Are there any other themes that have been emerging as a result of COVID? Well, uh, yeah, uh, we, we have seen um, you know, improvements in or, or take up in uh, interest in and around uh, just the, the whole ability to to provide the flexibility to the to the workforce to be able to work from home because uh, I, I don't think I don't think we're all just going to start just coming back into the office five days a week um, for the rest of our lives. I, th I think, you know, that the, the COVID has taught us that it can be done and, and should be done. And, you know, with a, with a solution, you know, such as Elmo's, um, you can log in from anywhere. There's an internet connection and you don't have to be having a laptop or a PC. You can do it on a phone or a tablet. So that level of flexibility to your staff and allowing you to hire staff that may not actually be in a city like you and I are, James. You know, I'm in Sydney, you're in Melbourne. But there's a lot of high quality people out in Dubbo or um, you know Swan Hill. So you know if if the role doesn't require face-to-face -face interaction with customers or prospects, um, why not hire them? 
um, offer offer those sorts of roles to to a wider range of you know of geographies. It, it would make perfect sense. And we are beginning to see those sorts of patterns emerge with some of our customers. I mean, the classic example to me, James, was when COVID hit, Optus shut down uh, their support centres overseas and turned them all on throughout regional Australia. Um, you know, how brilliant was that? You know, we now have all these people that are Australians working for an Australian company servicing Australians. Uh, just brilliant. Mm. Uh, and and those sorts of things, you know, when you digitize, you can do those sorts of things. And, and we're seeing clients do that now uh, of Elmo's. Great. So adaptability, organizational change, it's it's pervading our time and our culture, probably perhaps more than ever before, and it's been mm. accelerated by COVID, et cetera. Thinking back in the context of Elmo, how does your organization respond to change? That's that's a really, really interesting question. Um, I, I guess the, the first point I'd make is, um, you know, the IT industry has always perceived itself uh, rightly or wrongly, to to live in dog years. So, so uh, 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 the change that we would see in a year, other industries would see in seven. That that's 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 the old story that uh, that still pervades today. But you know, the IT game is a very very fast moving game. It has to be said, regardless of whether it's seven years to one as a change factor. But but another one that I, I like to talk about, and this is going back quite a while because you know I'm I'm in my fifties now, and and I you know so I went to university in the in the late eighties, but I, I remember you know I did a business degree, and and we were talking about some stats that came they just come out of Harvard Business School, and, it, and the stats I still remember to this day, sixty four percent of what makes you successful today will be toxic to your future. Now I I remember just thinking, well that's just I didn't believe it at the time, but but looking back now, you think about companies like Kodak, Blockbuster Video. Have a look at what Uber's done to the taxi industry. Have a look what at what digitalization's done to the newspaper business. Um, you know all the kerfuffle around Facebook that's going on at the moment. Um, they were all successful businesses, and and none of them saw the change coming. And when they finally realised it, uh, they reacted badly, and largely they did react. You know too late. To, to stop the change, you know, and to that end, Kodak is no longer, Blockbuster Video is of course no longer, the, the newspapers are a shadow of their former selves, taxi companies are, are, are limping along, um, but you know, they're not the, the, the stalwart that they once were. So how, how Elmo goes about it is we separate the functions. Um, American businesses would would refer to it as the president versus the CEO. We don't use quite those terms, but the concept is there. We have a chief operating officer who runs the business on a day-to-day -day basis. Sales reports into him, so my boss reports into the COO. Uh, marketing reports into him, customer retention, customer success, customer implementation, customer support. All report in to Gordon Starkey, our chief chief operating officer, and that that's one line. Then you look at our CEO, um, who he doesn't work in the business; he works on the business, and so he has the, clearly the finance, HR, and so on. And and but he also has R and D, our chief technology officer, strategy, mergers and acquisitions, and so that allows him to focus on. 
um, where the company is going as a whole. And and he, he, he spends his time asking questions like, you know, what are the trends? How does Elmo going to respond to those trends? Where does Elmo need to be in three years, five years longer? Um, how do we, how are we perceived by our share owners? And uh, is is the way they perceive us the way we want to be perceived? And how do we how do we get to that point? Um, yeah, it, it'll it allows us to have a finger on the pulse so that we hopefully see the change before it hits us, and we can either exploit it as as a business, which is what we're here to do, or minimise the impact if we feel that it's going to be uh, an, an impact that's not going to be in a positive way. Some really good insights there and some considerations about, as you said earlier, about working in the business, working on the business and those different functions that happen in and around that to navigate the times that we're in. Mm. Culture transformation uh, more broadly, how do you see that playing out and what do you see it as being important? Mm. Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a, a long conversation or it can be anyway. Um, so cultural transformation, I, I, I guess... I, I see it in two different ways. I mean, there, there's there's cultural transformation that's happening in the workforce, but usually, in, in my opinion anyway, the changes that happen in the workforce are reflective of, of what's happening in the greater society. Um, so a good example, you know, um, my parents, my in-laws, um, you know, they, you know, they say things that used to be fully acceptable and quite okay to say, and my 18-year-old daughter finds them completely unacceptable. Um, you know, the older people do tend to adjust to behavioural norms over, a, over a, take, takes them a bit longer than the rest of us. Uh, I guess they get set in their ways, and, but that's a good example of, of some cultural norms that we all know exist, and every single person listening to this, James, I'm sure can um, can understand what I was just meaning by that. Um, but you know that kind of thing also does get reflected at, at at a workforce layer. You know, so we've probably all seen the TV show Mad, you know, Mad Men, where you know the what the behaviour that they were reflecting there was a norm that was quite acceptable in the 70s uh, and completely unacceptable now. Um, so, you know, we uh, we here at uh, Elmo have have been you know stepping up as we do, especially given that we do sell an HR solution, we have to be seen to be at the cutting edge and, and we, we, we pride ourselves in that to, to ensure that the behaviours that the society demands of us now, especially in around sexism in the workforce, um, you know, the OH&S around smoking and so on, is fully reflective in the workforce that we run and we empower our clients to step up as well to the crease and deliver the same through a lot of the education that we provide in in our learning platform. So we have in, in our learning platform content around sexism, sexism in the workforce, alcoholism in the workforce, bullying in the workforce, um, you know, drug addiction, mental health, all of those things. Um, we we uh, provide those um, to our to our customers so that they can get their staff to attend those courses on a on a regular basis. You know whether that be yearly, eighteen months, two years, that kind of thing. Um, and and it all adds 
to the greater, wider societal push that we want to ha- to live in a world that's uh, how would I say this um, more equitable for everybody. Uh, and yeah, of course, the other thing I didn't mention, of course, is, is racism in the workforce. We've got a course on that as well, and and you know that's another thing that when you come to Elmo, you'll 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 see that uh, our the makeup of our staff mirrors that of the city it's in. So um, both from a gender perspective and, and, and a race perspective, uh, we try not to look at um, race anything other than somebody's heritage, which is what it is, and should they should be proud of it. Mm. Some good stuff there. In terms of the culture transformation narrative, and we often talk, as you know, people, process, technology is the triangle. Mm. How do you go, aside from sort of learning content and providing the digital platforms to achieve culture transformation? Yeah, okay. Um, well, we obviously provide, as I was just saying, the content to help with that. But we are simply a vendor of an HR information system, James. So we also need to be very careful for our clients to say this is where we draw the line because we're not experts beyond what we do and we want to be very, very good at what we do, but we don't want to... St- we don't want to uh, dilute that focus. So I guess this is where you know organisations like yourselves, James at Apricot, come in, where we can provide the platform, we can provide some of the content, but for clients to have a, a, a wider discussion and a and a greater success across uh, their entire you know soup to nuts of their business, you know, we would recommend that they they look to. Uh, organizations like yourselves to certainly help with that that cultural transformation, whether that cultural transformation be uh, a normative and behavioral one or maybe a digital transformation or or some other, they they are still cultural transformations. You know, another thing to think about is when you are putting in new technology, such as an Elmo solution, you're replacing something else. And if you've got workers that haven't worked through and being part of that might that that process to replace the old stuff with the new stuff, there's going to be resistance there. You know, people people don't like change. They're going to want to you know complain and say, well, it's not as good as the old system because in the old system I I knew what I was doing and I don't know what I'm doing here. And and you know one of the things that Elmo does is provide a lot of education and training for those users as best we can. Um, but you know that can only go so far, and and again that's where organisations like yours, James, can come in and you know get involved at the beginning so that um, the process everybody's buying buying off on the process from the the, the, the chief executive through to the lowest of users. Um, and if you if you don't do that, you know it, it can be a strong challenge to to get it, to overcome. It, it just reminds me of that uh, statement that it takes a village to raise a child and when it comes to culture transformation, having run some of these enterprise ones over the years, uh, sometimes they say it takes seven years to drive culture change depending on the complexity. Mm, but that absolutely. whole notion of yeah. people process tech coming Think, together in an integrated model. So just thinking through some experiences and case studies of Elmo improving products mm. clients, have you got some that you might want to share? <clears throat> Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, look, I obviously need to respect privacy, so I won't mention company names. But I, I have—I'm uh, thinking of a blue-collar example and a, and a white-collar example. 
So um, there's a, a, a blue-collar company up in um, uh, just out of Brisbane uh, that took on the Elmo solution, um, especially around the recruitment and onboarding. Um, they uh, had a high turnover. Uh, their business that just naturally has a high turnover is, is you know because it's a cleaning business and people um, you know come, they get a better job, they leave. It, it's that kind of high turnover business. Uh, there's a lot of seasonality in their business, which which was interesting to me. I, I'd not come across a um, a cleaning business that had seasonality, but but they do. Um, and they had a, a totally manual process to recruit and onboard. Um, they got a, a, a local HR consultant involved to give them some advice because they realised that they were stepping beyond what they felt comfortable in, and they and they went and went and got somebody who who knew how to help. And uh, she sat down with them, reworked the process. Uh, and that was really important, you know, get the process right before you get the technology. So she helped them rework a process that would would be best practice, then got us involved so we could take that process and put it into our technology. And, and you know, now they can recruit and onboard in significant volume. They've you know pretty much got rid of the human error. Uh, they had some duplicate entry issues that have gone. Uh, they've standardised their process now completely, so uh, you know there was potentially a little bit of nepotism going on. So that's now gone because the process doesn't allow for that to occur. Um, and uh, the, the the key and most important thing, when it, everything comes down to dollars and cents, the productivity gains and the cost savings were really quite significant. So I think that's a that's a really good example there. The the white collar one is uh, is a law firm um, here in Sydney. Uh, again, manual uh, HR and payroll was on an ancient technology that uh, was completely no longer fit for purpose. It was no longer uh, uh, useful because it actually um, was not single-touch payroll, which which is now a requirement by law. So they knew they had to get rid of that, and uh, they took the opportunity to to um, digitise their HR processes. So they moved their HR processes in-house uh, and working with, with one of our local partners here to, uh, to get that superior um, experience uh, through developing processes for them. Um, and then they, they really um, decided that they didn't really want to be in the business of running a payroll. Uh, they just thought, no, we want to outsource that. Now, Elmo does not do that, but we do have uh, an organisation that does. Uh, that we work with, and uh, we brought them into that picture. Uh, they've now really benefited from standardising and automating and, um, their HR, and they've really the, the the benefit of divesting themselves on, of a process that is highly regulated, highly risky. Um, you know, you can get you into some significant trouble. Um, and I speak, of course, of the payroll to an organisation that dedicates itself to managing payrolls for clients and has staff only of payroll people was really, really beneficial for them. Their their risk profile dropped like a stone because, um, you know, they've got a very safe pair of hands to run their payroll for them. Um, again, huge productivity benefits uh, and cost savings were were, uh, were were seen through that. Great. Switching gears into the future of HR tech, there's much written about it. Mm. And certainly lots and lots of people 
post blogs, you've got Josh Burson, you've got all these thought leaders in the market. What's the future of HR Tech? <clears throat> What's next? Yeah, okay. Uh, look, I'd say there's two things that we are seeing. One of one of which um, is that even micro businesses. And again, James, let's let's get to a definition. When I say that, I'm talking about companies with less than 50 employees. We're seeing micro businesses get on board with the uh, with digitizing their HR processes. Um, to that end. Um, you know, Elmo has actually acquired an organisation. It was in the press a few weeks ago called Breathe HR. We purchased that out of the UK, uh, and we have now launched it here in Australia. And that we're going to run that as a, a separate business, and that will be providing an offering. Uh, it's not going to be anywhere near as functional. Doesn't need to be because these are micro businesses, but it, it allows them to uh, benefit from a, a digitised HR solution sub 50 employees. So it may be that you've got one employee. Um, it, can, it can start as small as that. Um, so that's 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 happening now, but it is new. Um, we've really only seen that in the last year or so here in, in Australia. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is the, the birth of artificial intelligence in the HR technology space. Um, we at Elmo have started a partnership with the uh, University of Technology Sydney. We have uh, taken the data set that we have without, uh, we've um, removed all of the privacy data. So you, 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 you simply cannot, there are ways to do this that, you know, I, I'm not the technologist, but we've had experts tell us that the data cannot be uh, individually identified, so it's being provided in in aggregate in some ways, and they're running um, analyses across the data to identify various patterns. And we intend to be able to offer this as a service to our clients to be able to say, your patterns are looking in you know like X, and most companies who have patterns that forming that look like X will need to do Y and Z in the very near future. Um, you know, so it's a like a predictive analysis kind of function. Now, that's as much as I know about it, uh, James, but it is very, very exciting. Um, and uh, you know, we think it's pretty much world leading. Uh, and we, we're, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to getting that launched over the next uh, year or so. Yeah, certainly the rise and rise of AI. Mm. Last question for today's uh, podcast, it will be, mm. what advice would you give them on improving productivity <laughs> and achieving digital transformation? Um, look, that, that's that's a great question. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is, you know, not every not every company can be as digital as, as, as you know, Elmo is or, or yours is, James. I mean, uh, if you're, again, that, that blue-collar cleaning company, you know, your cleaners can't, you know, just work in front of a laptop as you and I do. Um, however, those organisations can and are digitising the back office. And, and I would strongly recommend people do that because, again, you know, the, the automation capabilities, the productivity capabilities, the privacy, the security and so on and so on uh, that we spoke about earlier, um, all the all benefits that you will you will um, you will see as you do that. So long as you do it in a in a 
um, high quality way. And that's probably the the thing that I think I should speak most about. Um, digitizing your business is not about buying software. It's it's not. Um, purchasing um, a, a, a new CRM, a new ERP, a new supply chain product, a new HR solution like Elmo, a new legal solution, they are outcomes of the digital journey. The thing that you must do, that you have to do, is get the people and process piece sorted first. Process, you know, what, what are your processes now? What should they be? Work out what they should be with a consultant like when it, somebody from Apricot. Get get that done. Get your people on board. Because again, if you don't get your people on board, you're going to have a massive cultural change issue at the back end of it. Um, work through all of that first and then say, okay, this is we, we want to move ahead with best practice. We've agreed that this is the best practice. Now let's go and find some software that can enable that best practice because the software is the enabling piece. You need to get these other first two pieces, the people and process done first. So they are the foundation and the technology is at the top of the triangle, but you can't get to the top of the triangle without getting the two, the two uh, bottom pieces done first. So that would be my absolute biggest piece of advice. Um, yeah, that, that's how you need to go about doing it. Some great insights today. Rob, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on Inside Healthy Teams. Apricot can help you build a healthy organisation for the future. Also check out elmosoftware.com.au for more information about how Elmo can help you. Check us also out on our website or social media. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us.